Hello all, welcome to the Lunar Sea Spire Cartoon Fan Podcast. This is episode 448, and today we'll be talking about Bird Friend from Bee and Puppy Cat. I'm GC13. And I'm David. Oh, this was this was another really good one. The the job they went on was super weird, but the payoff for it was so worth it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know uh how to describe the planet that they went to for their temp job this time. It's a snail. It's literally a snail. Populated by snails. Yeah. I don't know why the snails were growing whatever they were growing. Like, everything's checkered, patterned, and there's stalks of various plants that we spend a lot of time watching be cut. And somehow, actually, maybe behind all of that chaff is the the shells of snails and somehow they got really big and the snails are happy about it. I, I I'm pretty lost on what, what exactly happens on this planet and why the snails were so resistant to change or to being helped. I, I, do, do you have any <laughs> understanding of what the job I was? Maybe it's like, when you know you're a kid, you don't want to grow up, and then once you grow up anyway, you're happy you grew up. Yeah. That's all I got, David. Right, you know, it's not a metaphor that's related to anything else that's happening. <laughs> so, uh, I, I don't know. I guess I'll take it. I mean, Toast is still stronger than Cass, despite the extra weight she's carrying around. I guess it's true what she said. She is fighting for two. <laughs> I, I well, and she also has the idea that she becomes stronger <laughs> through through her pregnancy. So uh, she does appear to be winning. Maternal super strength. Mm-hmm. I, I I was a little weirded out when she said she was gonna put Cass into contraction, and it's like, ooh, that can be. I mean, I'm certain it was meant to be taken uh, that way. <laughs> yeah, there's uh, a lot of great pregnancy puns in this. In this one, I I like pregnancy puns <laughs> because they don't happen often. It's a very what's the word I'm looking for? It's a specific kind of pun. <laughs> yeah, huh? Niche. It's a very niche what? topic of humor. Like what's the one? The uterus one. I should have written the uterus line down. Oh, I didn't even catch that one. Yeah, because it was like you know you tur something because it. I don't know. It's great. The puns are great. Um, I also learned a word in this episode. I didn't know what purloin meant. And <laughs> B, who is struggling with... Well, it was B, right? She says that to Puppycat. Because Puppycat has stolen her diary. And she says, you're being very purloiny. Ah, uh, yes, yes. Which literally means making off with another's belongings. I uh, I appreciate that I learned that. And I like that they snuck in that B has quite the... Uh, vocabulary occasionally even though she feels so sensitive about being kind of dumb and to be clear she is dumb about some things as <laughs> as puppy cat says but that's a universal truth yeah i i loved that part of it like when she said you know i you know i'm dumb that's my secret and he's like that's no secret everyone knows you're dumb it's like oh that's typical puppy cat <laughs> way to be it you know she she takes it that way very not happy and then he, he continues to elaborate everyone's dumb just about <laughs> their own specific things and it's like oh puppy cat that's the nicest thing you've ever said about her <laughs> <laughs> that's that's true i mean it's 
cool to see Puppy Cat actually break apart finally. And of course, they do it by having him balloon into some hilarious giant sphere that B can't even climb, you know, flags to talk to. Uh, she somehow tries building her own stilts out of the weird flag markers that somehow indicate she's completing her job on the snail planet. But, uh, yeah, he's just this weird large thing. I love how they drew him. They have his weird chest lines or something, kind of, <laughs> I don't know, taking up the whole screen. I liked his foghorn voice. That yeah. was very nice. Yeah, I, foghorn's correct. I had tuba in my notes, but it wasn't really a tuba. Yeah, and... So that was really cool, just to see him cry his big crocodile tears and say, I don't know what to do, and kind of yeah. reveal, like, yeah, I'm trying to... I don't think no? crocodile tears is the correct term. He he was genuine. He was oh, sorry. genuinely I, distraught. I'm thinking about the size of the tears. Yes, I forget. Crocodile tears literally means fake tears. Tears the size of crocodiles. <laughs> Look, sometimes some of us are just stupid about specific things, right? That's me. (laughs) As everyone is. Uh, But, yeah, so we we needed this emotional moment, right? We saw saw Cardamon break down last episode, uh, so I don't know if it's a theme now. (laughs) It's it's twice in a row we saw someone break down and cry. I know we're very used to that from Steven Universe, but uh, it's been a while. And now, since you mentioned Steven Universe, I have to ask, who wants to watch a show about people crying? Apparently me, every time. I love, I'm a sucker for the tears. But they'll take care of the warlocks themselves. They don't have to worry none. Maybe they could just sick Toast on them. Toast can take care of the problem. Toast would definitely be a nuisance. (laughs) Like, I don't know, if she ever does get roped into this thing, I could see her being a, a good ally. Why do, why do I have a feeling that if they send Toast to fight the Warlocks, two episodes later, she would have joined them? Two? That's generous. <laughs> <laughs> you know, delayed gratification. They're so obnoxious, though. Like, she really wants to be a solo act, you know? I don't think she could join their side. Yeah, they are kind of pains. Like, she would take power from them, right? I mean, she clearly... Believes she's worshipping some kind of ah, demon. The demonic ritual. <laughs> right, like, that's a thing she does regularly. That's not a one-time thing. She believes she's drawing power from, you know, evil. So, if the Warlocks promised her a deal like that, maybe. But also, are they evil enough? Like, they just... I don't know, it's their dad's thing <laughs> that they're doing? They're the Diet Coke of evil. Yeah, so she might not be impressed. <laughs> Dr. Evil would not be impressed at all. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, so we, we start the episode, you know, we mentioned Puppy Cat stole Bee's diary to write in it, and it looks like he's trying to figure out what he could possibly do about the warlocks. He's got a page where he's drawn all of their, uh, finger rings, and, um, he's trying to, I, I guess, is he trying to identify who they are? Do the rings have some significance for their powers? I don't know. He's definitely trying to come up with a solution. Now, when I first watched this, I thought that was a butter knife covered in jam of some (laughs) kind. But uh, now that I see the context, um, I believe he wants to straight up murder these dudes. And I'm like, you know what, puppy cat? I'm with you on this one. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, you're going to be more with him. That's that's all I have to say about that. They don't get better. They get they get worse. Okay, that's bad. 
they get more hateable. So, um, oh, well, that dude was lying about having a girlfriend. <laughs> I I don't know. I can't stand liars. At least those snails, as evil as they were, told the truth. They were er- very upfront about not paying them. Oh my gosh. Okay, yeah. Before I talk about more in the diary, I do to the side. Love that the snails could read minds and very specifically B made the choice to deny hearing puppy cat's thoughts directly right she was like do not read his mind he should tell me what he wants to tell me and if he doesn't want to tell me then i shouldn't know and i thought that was a a cool character moment for her i mean very in line with how we've seen her act but it's cool to see that made explicit right like this episode helps reinforce like b yes she's a gremlin and she's stumbling through life in some ways but she also has very well-held beliefs, right, about, like, how to be a good person and how to have relationships with people. And that's cool to see because, you know, it's hard. <laughs> it's hard to live on this island. And uh, everyone seems like they have trouble keeping focus on any given thing they're doing or what any other person's saying. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> it's good to know that she she really is listening and cares, right? And she's not just you know, selfish in this relationship where she just wants things from Puppy Cat. Like, she's very interested in supporting him in the deepest ways possible. B is the sweetest. Uh, Truly. Which does make the very beginning of the episode where she, for some reason, puts a bunch of meats in her toilet concerning, you know? Yeah, there was was some toast in there as well. I just love the, you hear the flush of a toilet and she's like, guess what I just did? And I'm like, well, I know what it's supposed to sound like, but, you know, I've seen enough being Puppy Cat to know that we're going to learn what it was, and <laughs> it wasn't that. Yeah, I don't I don't know why that that was a thing. I love that, uh, was it Cass who discovers that? Yes. Yeah, that's amazing. Poor, poor Cass is so, uh, thrown off and yeah. trying to deal with things, but I like that she gets to explore a little bit of the tech junk lying around Bee's house. She's like, ooh, I want this. <laughs> which uh I, I i still i'm not gonna forget this is a very unimportant note but on puppy cat's diary i was just thinking stuff lying around he uh he really is grasping at straws for how to kill these guys because he has a picture of a germ what looks like an angry germ that he has like a question mark next to or something so i think he wants to kill them literally with germs um are you sure that that's not those, um, because remember the episode with the where he's like no i can punch things really good and they're trying to spread the spores around. I thought that was one of them. Oh, you think it's the dandelion spores? Did those do something when they touched things? The, the they did not enjoy making contact with that. They they kind of they kind of left after getting sprayed with enough of the spores. Hmm. Maybe not just a joke about plant <laughs> spores. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, well that's interesting to think about. Transitioning right back to Cass exploit technology, though. You know what else blew random things in random directions? The uh, the device that she goes home with. She she found one part in the ocean, and B happened to have the other part lying around, and Cass put one and one together to make another one. Two. <laughs> Two pieces of one, one new machine. Which is funny, she wants it, but like, functionally, I think it's just a confetti machine? Who knows if it does something else? And who wouldn't want their own confetti cannon? Yeah, Cass is so funny. Like, she really likes the simple pleasures. (laughs) She's thinking like a wrestler already. Toast has been getting to her. She knows she can't have Pyro for her entrance, 
So she's going to go like the young bucks and she's going to use a <laughs> confetti cannon. Oh my gosh. I mean, they load theirs with money, but it's the same principle. Speaking of being dedicated to uh, things that they care about strangely internally, like like uh, wrestling, Crispin, <laughs> Crispin, what are you doing, man, with the clown stuff? So we see Crispin making a sandwich and uh, it just goes so wrong. I mean, <laughs> that was amazing. Yeah, it reminded me of the the face that uh, Dwight in the office carved from the, the mannequin. Like that level of uh, disturbing <laughs> eye and mouth slits. I mean, uh, Deckard thought it was okay. He's like, no, stop. And then, oh. <laughs> yeah, I like that Deckard was mad about that he was cutting the crusts off first. And then once he saw it was a clown face, he's like, oh, of, of course, Crispin, you genius. But but now the now the callback though just to the like when Cass was making fart noises in the in the bathroom. Yes. No, we can't leave now. Then then it'll be obvious that we're leaving because of that. It's like well, I can't leave now that they've uh, come in here because you know th- then that'd be awkward. I'm like yeah, I don't know. I could easily imagine you just eh, okay. I'm gonna <laughs> leave now. Doesn't seem awkward to me, buddy. Yeah, I like the idea, Crispin. Crispin just has these internal monologues constantly where he is. Uh, in the room at the wrong time <laughs> and he just wants to leave so i like that he has two things he has clowns and he's really awkward <laughs> which is I, funny I, I think one stems from the other <laughs> yep oh my gosh oh also another amazing wizard moment poor poor merlin thinks that Cass has gone deaf again because he's <laughs> he's shouting at her so much to get her attention as she slowly uh, paddles away her little boat and, uh, yeah, yeah, him just going, she's gone deaf again, was, uh, <laughs> that, that broke me. Yeah, I'm starting to think he, he might not, let's just say there's a reason he didn't, uh, succeed at medical school. <laughs> yeah, I like his innocent comment, man, I wish I liked being a doctor as much as Cass likes being in her room. <laughs> being in front of a computer. Yes. She probably won't like being in her room as much for a little while since Toast did her redecorating. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, she needs, as we see here, she just needs the computer to be, to feel like she has something going on. Even if that thing is just watching her computer type a bunch of A's on it until it crashes because she spilled juice all over it. Because she could not set her laptop down and use both hands, or one hand. (laughs) Really an own goal. Cass was also very sweet to be at the end because she also affirms B's intelligence, which is nice. And it wasn't just that. She put out an olive branch. At first, she's like trying to gremlin away. Maybe gremlin is the wrong word. We'll call her a goblin since we have assigned the word gremlin to B. So Cass is trying to goblin away. I'm going to go and hide in my room and be completely asocial now. And then she's like, oh, wait a minute. Bee's really trying out here. Maybe I should be nice to her. <laughs> yes, and uh, yeah, we missed the namesake of this episode, but uh, Cass somehow... Why Why does she end up in the ocean again? I already forgot <laughs> why she was out there in the first place. Uh, Toast takes out the garbage, tosses her into uh, the trash truck, and then she ends up on a trash barge sailing away from the island. Yeah, that's really intense. So she builds herself a raft out of two liter bottles and uh, starts paddling home after the uh, after the seagull kissed her. And she decides that this seagull is now her boyfriend. 
And I was going to make that joke, and then the show took it away from me by making it itself. <laughs> Toast! I, I thought that there was a little bit of good-natured kind of spirit to her, like, but no, she she was okay with banishing away cast forever. Like, who knows where the where the trash barge is going? I mean, maybe she assumes that pretty Patrick probably knows. Does does he know? Is he allowing this to happen? Oh my god, he he probably doesn't know about Cass being in it, but he probably knows where the garbage goes. Oh, well, that's probably true. I mean, he is the mayor, so where does the garbage go? That's interesting that there is a garbage boat. I mean, they used it for a joke, but, like, the island, I guess, doesn't have a a landfill? I mean, would you want a landfill on such a pretty island? I wouldn't. Yeah, I don't know. Pretty Patrick just exports his trash. You know, that's good to know. Uh, <laughs> uh, you you want to talk about weird stuff, though? I mean, people being weirdly into their own little projects? We have to talk about Sticky. <laughs> yes! Uh... You can't put all the birds in your jail. Most of them are innocent. Most of them. I yeah. That I don't know why the bird theme was maintained. You know here, but I'm 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 all for it. Like Sticky has a weird malicious side. Uh, he's so chill looking, but she yeah, she's so chill looking. Sorry, I forget. Uh, you know, she has the 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 bride to Puppy Cat after all. Yep. But. Yeah, Sticky, what are you doing? <laughs> why, why Carmen let this happen for so long, though? I mean, there's like 30 birds in that, uh, well, whatever you want to call that structure. I mean, metaphorically, it was a jail. Physically, I don't really know what it was. I mean, I'm just assuming that that was part of the spaceship, but isn't the whole spaceship underwater, so? Oh, yeah, is that just some part of it? Uh, the geometry eludes me here. Yeah. Well, yeah, and there's bits and pieces everywhere, so maybe that's just some chunk. But Sticky has a bird jail where she is keeping the guilty bird. Now, we don't know what this bird did, but we do know it was trying to blend in with a bird family. (laughs) Yeah. I don't think we're ever going to find out either. No. I think they just pretty much throw in... Like, there there seems to always be a Cardamon and Sticky moment every episode, even if it has no other relevance. So, that's great. (laughs) They bird-napped Cass's bird friend. Yeah. (laughs) Bird friend is such an amazing, amazing, simple pun. Anything else we needed to bring up about this one? Probably not. I hope the next one isn't uh, (laughs) too sad for you. I feel like we've had two good Uh ones in a row, so it feels like the warlocks have to come back, you know? I don't know. Uh Uh-oh. Okay, so they're not not just going to be jerks. They're going to be like mean okay yeah we're gonna i'm just gonna check the episode history really fast so that you can prepare yourself uh let's see oh wait yeah it's the finale no wait no 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 i don't know what i'm saying there's still uh there's still five episodes left um i don't know i think uh the next one's actually you're still safe so that's okay good good i like safety actually the next one should be really cute (laughs) <laughs> oh, that's even better. Now, I do have high hopes for the Owl House uh, series finale, which, you know, by the time this episode goes out, will have debuted two days before. But, you know, for us, it's still days in the future. So I'm, uh, I'm yeah. hoping that one gets uh, ends on a bright note. And so it's nice to have another bright note waiting for us when we get back to being Puppy Cat. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's it's. I I think the finale will also be a bright note. I, 
I how bitter if anything it could be a little bittersweet, but I don't see I don't see the Owl House going on on a somber note. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, that's it for us on Bird Friend. Join us next week. Until then, I'm GC13. And I'm David. Don't forget to leave us a review anywhere you listen to podcasts. Later, everybody. Our opening and closing music is by Mark Soto. For more cartoon-related content, please visit LunarCeasefire.com.